Can we review our status here, Si? Let's look at this thing from a uh, from a uh, standpoint of status. Can't go backwards. Can't go forward. What am I gonna do? Hey, what happened? You have nothing better to do at three o'clock in the afternoon. Lisa, if you don't like your job, you don't strike. You just go in every day and do it really half-assed. That's the American way. This is a great day. A really great day. All across CNY, it's the 315 with Brian Higgins. Halfway home, here's what's happened so far. All right, what's happened so far? We've told you about the pinstripe bowl case in Minnesota. Upcoming on Thursday. What, what does this game mean? What what are what are the Orange trying to get out of it? How important is this to, you know, the Garrett Schrader and Jason Beck? marriage of QB and OC going forward. And how are the Orange going to deal with uh, Minnesota's running back, Mo Ibrahim, who is a a bear to get on the ground. He's had himself an outstanding uh, season. We've uh, heard from some of the particulars, the new OC, Jason Beck, the interim defensive coordinator, Nick Monroe, and heard people talk about the next defensive coordinator. He is Rocky Long, and we recapped last week's picks, which still didn't go that well, though they went better than I initially calculated. Because writing things down sometimes is harder uh, than you would expect. But uh, on the television uh, for the game coming up this week is uh, friends of the show, Wes Durham, and our friend coming up right now, Roddy Jones. Roddy uh, with us now. Roddy, uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Uh, hopefully you had a, a great holiday season as you get back into bowl games right now. I certainly did. I hope you did as well. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, uh, we did as well here in the queues, and we're getting ready for this game. And, you know, somehow, Roddy, I, I think we, we made it through most of the year – with, without talking to you about Syracuse games that you're about to do. And uh, here you go, and the, the whole thing darn changed with all the coordinators leaving, the transfer portal, all this stuff. How, how do you get ready for a game like this where so much has changed for one of the teams since the season ended? Uh, it's definitely difficult um, because you're trying to figure out who's playing, who's not, what's going on. So so it is it is tough, but ultimately, like, it comes down to football, and um, you do the best you can to figure out who these teams were. And then when you get to the bowl game, you, some of it's prep, and then some of it's who shows up and, uh, and, and, and who's on the field. And then you just call the game from there. But it is tough, both from a schedule standpoint and from a personnel standpoint. Let me ask you this, Roddy. I kind of opened the show today talking about it feels like bowl games are very different than they used to be. You know, back, you know, 10, 20 years ago, whatever you want to put, like two teams showed up, give or take, they were the same team from the regular season, and they showed up and they tried to win the game. And like that was the whole sentence. That was it. And now it's okay, who's going to be there? And the transfer portal, and the coaches are moving around, and uh, these guys are gone and preparing for the draft. And uh, does this team actually care if they win the game? They're getting ready for next year. How, how do you approach, I guess, the idea of you know, set aside the Rose Bowl or the playoffs of these, you know, the mid-level bowl games this year. About What do you, what do you think teams in general are, are trying to get out of these games these days? Uh, a good time? <laughs> I, I, think it, I think it really depends on the team. So much of it is uh, team-specific. What's going on with the coach? What's going on with the portal? What went on with the season? What were the expectations? Um, how accustomed is this team to going to bowl games? I think all of that plays into it. Um, 
So, so for you know, for in most of the games before probably December thirtieth, um, I think a lot of it is for pride. Some is for the seniors, um, but it, it's tough to tell because you know there have been a couple of games, Florida, for example, playing Oregon State, um, and and then there are a couple coming up. You know, Carolina and Oregon is an example of one where the teams are on very different paths and the teams feel very differently about, about how they got there. So, you know, it is so team specific that it's hard to draw big conclusions. And, you know, this is one of those games that's affected in many ways by how things have changed over the years where, 10 years ago, maybe you guys are setting to the sub. Oh, man, what a matchup, Sean Tucker and Mo Ibrahim, these two running backs and, you know, head to head and who can have the better day. Now it's, you got Ibrahim, he's a guy in his sixth year. Like, of course he's going to go out for this game. He's he's done so much just to get to this point. And uh, Sean Tucker, just as rightly, is, yeah, I'm going to go ready, get ready for the draft. I don't think anyone has a problem with that in this day and age. How odd is that, I guess, when you see, you know, the two star running backs and the different paths they're on right now? I would say the odd thing is that one of them is playing nowadays. You're just so accustomed to it now. Like we're so used to it. Um, and actually somewhat expect it when you have these top players that are, that, that have prospects of playing in the NFL, particularly at the running back position, you just feel like, yeah, that, that guy's definitely not going to play for whatever reason. Um, typically because they feel like they've got a future in the NFL. So I, I think that the sad thing is the way that we got here. Like we just got off so far off the track from the way that it started. It did start with two running backs. It was Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Both of those guys were pretty significantly banged up that season and then didn't play. Yes, because they were going to be uh, they were going to be drafted to the NFL, but they were going to be like top ten picks. Both of them, um, not necessarily guys. Like you have guys that are fringe draft picks. We're seniors opting out of bowl games, and look, they all have to do what's best for them. Um, but I think, uh, I think for us, uh, it, it takes away from from the enjoyment of seeing these guys play one more time. Um, so then that kind of stinks. Do you think, Roddy? Like, is there something the Bulls can do maybe at some point? That especially with NIL now, I, I guess in theory, right? I, I don't know how you'd go about this with how big the teams are. Like, if you wanted, if you're a bowl game, put together an NIL package to try to lock in the stars for the game is that something you think money could could uh, help out the cause here or is that idea just gonna you know double up and making things worse down the line i think it could um but again it depends on the level of player you're talking about yeah. uh because it, it doesn't matter how much money you throw at a first round pick it's not going to compare to what they're going to be able to make at least a bowl is not going to be able to pay enough to, to make it worth their while to go play in a game and the potential of money that they could lose um, look, you talk to some of these guys that have that have gotten hurt. Jake Butt, you know, I think had a great perspective on it. Great tight end at Michigan, got hurt in the bowl game. Probably a fringe second round pick. You know, probably a top three round pick. And he drops, I believe, the seventh round. How much money did he lose there? Would the bowl game have been willing to pay him yeah. to play in that game? And he was a different kind of guy. He's more like a Mo Ibrahim than anybody else in terms of mentality. But I think it could help some of the fringe guys. You know, if you're able to put it together a couple hundred thousand dollars per player for some of these top guys. Um, but it's certainly not going to help the, the guys that, that, you know, that are going to be first, second round picks. Yeah. You know, there's just so much money in the NFL. You're right. There's only so much uh, you're really to risk at this point with what you might be getting back out of it. It's a Roddy Jones. He'll be uh, with West Durham on the call at ESPN two o'clock on Thursday for the pinstripe bowl. Q's in. 
uh, Minnesota. We had a we had a wild day around here a few weeks ago, Roddy, where all the coordinators left all within a few hours of each other. Just when uh, I think everyone had wrapped their uh, head around uh, Tony White leaving, Robert and I was gone, and then Jason Beck, uh, the QB coach, uh, had replaced him, and now Rocky Long is in as the the future uh, DC here. What, what what did you make of uh, coordinator roulette here for Dino Babers? <laughs> The Robert and I news kind of surprised me. Um, not that he left, but where he went to. Uh-huh. I, I, you know, from a style standpoint, he doesn't exactly scream Dave Doran's ideal offensive coordinator to me. Um, but but maybe Doran's trying to switch it up. Maybe they're trying to get more explosive on the offensive side. Um, and, and Robert and I, with his creativity, certainly gives you an opportunity to do that. Defensive coordinator wise, I actually thought it was really funny because you know, I, I going back to to the defensive coordinator search when Tony White ended up at Syracuse, uh, Dino Babers wanted Rocky Long, but right. Rocky Long wasn't in a position to take the job. So then he goes to Zach Arnett, a Rocky Long disciple, his right-hand man. Well, Zach Arnett's the defensive coordinator for, what, a couple of days, and then he goes to Mississippi State, uh, and then you get Tony White, who was excellent. So it, it's funny because Tony White kind of fell in Dino's lap and ended up being great, um, and now you're able to get sort of the, the originator of that defense. Um, so I'll be interested to see how they work together. I think there's going to be a significant amount of respect between the two. Uh, and I'm interested to see how close the disciple was to what Rocky Long, uh, the purist, is. Because oftentimes the disciples get a little more multiple than the purest aspect or the purest form. Um, and I want to see if that's the case. It was Rocky Long. But I think, I think it's as, you know, as, as, uh, as good a, a hire as you can make from a continuity standpoint. Yeah, and it's one of those things we were talking about. It. Like if Dino was tied to that system or wanted to be tied to that system, right, like the three names you just mentioned, like that was the whole list of non-internal candidates. Like it's not so right you could go out and uh, pluck from this wide tree. It was a very specific like lineage of people. And it, it's not a very long one if you wanted to go that way. No, you're you're exactly right. Uh, especially that version of the three three five. Like the 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 structure of the defense, the three three five, has become maybe not a, a, maybe not widespread, but but certainly much more than uh, than than it than it has been in the past. Especially when you look at well, like what Iowa State did with a similar structure. Um, in terms of number of, of, of defensive linemen and linebackers, they were much more static than what, than what Rocky Long has done. Uh, but look at what Tony Gibson is doing down at uh, down at, at NC State. Uh, he's been running a form of that defense since the early 2000s when he was at West Virginia with Rich Rodriguez. So I think from that perspective, like you could have found somebody that was going to line up with the same personnel. But uh, but in terms of personality and who they want to be, you're exactly right. Like it, it was a limited number of guys that could go out there and do it. I, I, and I can tell you firsthand from watching it, the Orange did not like playing against that uh, three three five of West Virginia back in the day. Uh, nor did they like playing against that offense they had with <laughs> Pat White and Steve Slater. <laughs> it, it did not go very well for about a four or five year period uh, when Rich Rodder really had it cooking down there in Morgantown. But uh, Roddy Jones is our guest. Uh, you know, Roddy, we mentioned the name Mo Ibrahim. He's uh, the fifteen hundred yard back, pretty much for. Uh, Minnesota here you know he's had injuries he's had the whole thing 60-year college guy he's stuck it out and he's having a phenomenal uh, year what what are the orange dealing with 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 this guy on Thursday 
Well, you're dealing with an excellent back. I mean, he's got speed. He's got vision. He's incredibly tough and tough to tackle. He's a workhorse. He's had games this year where he's carried the ball over 35 times, uh, which has been absolutely it's something that you just don't see in, in this day and age in college football. And I think more than that, you're dealing with an offensive line that is full of fifth- and sixth-year seniors and then a redshirt sophomore that is really talented. is probably an NFL player uh, down the line. So, so it's a massive challenge because you are dealing with massive people up front. You're going to see a lot of two, two tight end sets, um, and, and you're going to see a running back that's one of the best, if not the best, in the Big Ten and the country in Mo Ibrahim. So it's, it's quite the task. And, I, you know, I don't want to give Syracuse fans a little bit of, uh, of, of pause, but this is going to be sort of like the Notre Dame game, if I had to guess. Uh, it is going to be run, 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 and run some more. And then Ethan Kaliakmanis, who's the quarterback, a redshirt freshman who took over for Tanner Morgan, really talented player but still growing. They're going to ask him to make plays sparingly because of that that offensive line and Mo Ibrahim. Oh, my goodness, right? You mentioned the Notre Dame game. That's given us more than a little bit of pause. That's like that's a, yeah, that's yeah, a bad flashback. Yeah, look, I mean, and this offensive line is probably better than that Notre Dame offensive line. Um, Maybe not the way they were playing at the time, but it's certainly comparable. This offensive line is really good, um, and their experience just helps them so much because they are so old. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a Big Ten offensive line is what it is. Like they're, they, got big, exactly. they got big dudes, they got veteran dudes, and they got a good running back, which makes sense. Uh, one last thing here uh, with Roddy Jones uh, straying away a bit from the pinstripe ball, but the, the big news in the league earlier today, uh, you know, he'd already said he was done at Wake Forest. I think we assumed, perhaps incorrectly, that meant Sam Hartman was headed for the draft instead after their bowl game. Uh, today is into the transfer portal, and he's not made it official official yet, but it, it feels like the whole world knows he's going to Notre Dame. Well, what do you make of the, the Hartman to Notre Dame uh, likely scenario coming up? I think that um, I think it's good for college football. And, and uh, while Dave Clawson kind of intimated earlier this year that, that uh, Sam Hartman was going to transfer um, basically by saying, hey, look, we support Sam, whatever his decision is, but based on the landscape of college sports, it may be best for him to go somewhere and, and play another year in college football. It's good for it's good for college sports because when Notre Dame is good, the sport is better. And NIL is a big part of that. Like Sam Hartman will make more money at Notre Dame next year, mm-hmm. likely. I mean, this will never be reported, but but it's likely he'll make more money at Notre Dame next year than he would in the NFL, uh, which is a tremendous statement to say. Uh, but I think you're going to continue to see some of these quarterbacks that are like Sam Hartman, really good college quarterbacks, uh, like a Stetson Bennett, but but probably don't have the 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 uh, potential in the pros. You're going to see them stick around for another year because those guys are incredibly valuable at this level and maybe not so valuable at the pro level. Uh, I'd say it's likely. He probably already knows that, too, is kind of how NIL <laughs> works. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and like, and Dave Clawson probably knows it, too. Yeah. He probably knew it when he told us back back uh, earlier in the, in, the, uh, in the winter that this was likely. And, hey, he's putting his five years in Winston, so, you know, all's fair at this point to go on and, yeah. uh, you know, get, get your riches and uh, hopefully find a better path uh, to the league. All right, Roddy, as uh, we let you go, are you you just bouncing in and out of New York, or you get a chance to, to see the sights at all when you're down in the city this week? 
I will get the chance to see the sights a little bit tomorrow, um, but I am out right after the game on Thursday, as long as I can get from uh, from the Bronx, from Yankee Stadium to LaGuardia um, in time. I, I will be out <laughs> tomorrow after the game. So uh, just a quick trip. Okay, so uh, hopefully you get to do a little something fun. Hopefully you get a, a good game, and uh, we'll talk to you again in the new year, I'm sure, my friend. Uh, thanks for hopping on for a few minutes. Yeah, appreciate you having me. All right, Roddy Jones will be on the call with our friend Wes Durham uh, coming up on Thursday. And it just so happens that uh, Wes is on the show tomorrow, 3 o'clock. That's how we're going to do that. You know what I forgot to tell you at the beginning of the show today? You know what I got? I got four tickets to the BC game. We're not giving them away right now, but stay tuned to around about 3.30. I have four, count them, one, two, three, four basketball tickets. It's a family four-pack. It's three. It's a ticket and three people you know. It's however you want to distribute the four when you win them. We'll do trivia roundabouts 3.30 for basketball tickets. And you know what? I got so many tickets. I'm overflowing with tickets. I'm going to have four more tickets to give away tomorrow. My goodness. Just rafts of tickets. And on top of that, I got so many more tickets on top of that. We got a watch party for the bowl game on Thursday. Uh, We don't know what we're going to do with them yet, but we got two tickets then, and Jordan's going to give them away. So we got tickets on tickets on tickets. And by the end of Thursday, we would like to have zero tickets, and we would like for you to have all of the tickets uh, to Houston BC Basketball that is uh, Saturday in the Dome at 2. So we'll do that in a little bit. Matt will be back in next. Uh, officially the 411 and the 315. Uh, not at 315. About something that does not involve Patrick Starr, who turned out to be Dauber from Coach, calling a football game. All of that and much, much more when we come back. It is the 315 on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.